All right, Scotty, let's get to the uh, the main event here. Um, the main event of these games on coming up on Friday, September 21st. Thanks to all the Trinity League football fans for joining us. So let's talk about uh, Mission Viejo, again, taking on Orange Lutheran. That's Orange Coast College. Um, you know, like we said, Lancers, 3-1. and one. Mission Viejo, they're right there. Um, undefeated uh, team so far with a pretty... Uh, pretty good schedule. Diablos five and zero, coming off an impressive win. Maybe they're one of their better wins of the year um, against uh, Upland. Um, but Scotty, what do you think about this game? Obviously, we mentioned Reggie Strong, the health concerns. I know Mission hasn't been full strength all along, but maybe they're getting healthier. Um, but what do you think about this game? Because it's got some big time uh, Orange County ramifications. I mean, these are two Division One teams. For one, the, um, Mission Viejo beat uh, the Lancers in the uh, Division One playoffs uh, second round last year. But Mission Viejo's third in Orange County. Um, and Orange Lutheran with Linsky on fire, they're fourth. So this is three and four in Orange County. Yeah, you know, uh, it is a uh, for, for, for some bragging rights. Um, but more importantly, yeah, this, you know, Division One rankings, you know, uh, up until this week, you know, I was actually kind of leery of Mission Viejo, um, you know, from them being among the top dogs. You know, they just they didn't seem to put away teams. You know, a lot of their wins were being in the 28, 35-point area. Yeah. Uh, but their defense is what, you know, kept the other teams from, from having, you know, to catch up. Um, then they come and they put the shellacking on Upland, who I didn't think looked as impressive for being as highly ranked as they were supposed to be. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't throw the ball as well. Uh, their offense wasn't very dynamic. Um, you know, they tried to run a lot of those misdirection sweeps and traps, and then Mission Viejo had just, you know, snuffed it out. Um, and then, you know, Dabblers just kind of had their way. Um, you know, the key to this, this coming game is going to be the Mission Viejo secondary is going to be put to the test with Talensky and company. You know, we'll be Mission Viejo. Um, now, this is this is the other thing that's going to be key. Can they generate enough pass rush? Um, because the Dabblers are solid in the secondary with their and their linebackers, but they only have six sacks on defense and the two of those sacks are, are from the D linemen. So, you know, it's gonna you know, will they allow the secondary to cover long enough? Are they gonna get enough pressure? But I think Mission's gonna be able to to uh, mix up the coverages and send various blitzes to help them out. Um you know, and then and then on Olu side, you know, are they gonna, you know, go balance you know are they going to be patient enough to do a balance attack will they be able to run the ball um i'm not sure um because i don't think oh i mean olu has shown enough dominance in that running game to do that and you know i think they're going to live and die by the by the past in this one um but it's just it's going to be the matter of who's the better secondary you know or it's olu's offensive skills and then likewise for mission video can um olu's defense contain force allen Yellen and, and Arnold, you know, Yellen has the 11 TDs, no picks. He spread the ball around. Uh, Arnold and Forrest each have 25 and 26 receptions. Um, you know, I think in the end, I think Olu has dodged enough bullets. Um, but I think MV, uh, Mission Viejo is going to get them in this one. You know, unless Olu can turn this into a past game shootout, I, I don't I, I, I still I think Mission Viejo is going to come out on this one. Yeah, well, if it comes down to the secondaries, I, I will definitely take the Diablos defense. Uh, that's the strength of their defense. Guys like JoJo Forrest, Achille Arnold, uh, Davion Woolard is playing um, safety. And um, 
the list goes on. There's another three or four guys that are all in that uh, package. Um, they're you know uh, they're Nickelback. Um, you know they they they're they're deep they're deep at the deepest at the um, the secondary. So um, I think this is a big game for uh, the Diablos. I think they can. Um, I think it's kind of a bigger game for the Diablos. I think for their playoff seeding, um, if they can get this one, um, maybe they can climb. You know, into a a top four. I guess not four. They, I mean, they're looking at five as the, the highest they can go, probably. Uh, if Oaks Christians is kind of locked in at the four, but um, this is a big one for them to get because um, I I think they'll they should be fine in league though it won't be a cakewalk for sure. The South Coast League is pretty good. Um, but this is also one for Orange Lutheran. I mean, they're going to have to measure themselves right now against a mission team that's beat Santa Margarita 30-20, to 20, and that's the same Santa Margarita team that, that Olu, uh, that uh, the Mission Viejo beat. Um, and I'm sorry, the, the, uh, but the, the, the comparison is, is that um, uh, Orange Lutheran plays Santa Margarita uh, in their opener. And the Diablos just beat Santa Margarita early in the year, thirty to twenty. So they're going to be measuring themselves against Santa Margarita, their future um, opponent next week. So they're going to want to play well. But if uh, the health of Reggie Strong is key, um, but I, I'm going to pick Diablos in a in a probably a close one. I don't think it will be a, a dominant one, but um, but I think it's going to be a very good game. And I'm interested to see how the I think the uh, I think the Lancers are definitely cooking and and and, and improving. And they're coming off, uh, you know, they they had a bye not too long ago, so I think they could be, um, they're making some progress. So, let's talk about the game of the week, uh, Scotty. Maybe the uh, it the game of the non-league season. It's going to be uh, again, like we said, at Santa Ana Bowl on Friday, seven thirty-seven kickoff. IMG, which is three and zero, they had a bye last week just because of the hurricane. They didn't end up playing St. Uh, John's of Washington D.C. because of the the hurricane on the East Coast. Um, and then of course, modern day was on their scheduled, um, by modern day is three and one includes the, uh, the forfeit. Um, you know, interesting thing about, um, one thing interesting with IMG is that they've won 39 consecutive games. Um, they have, that's the seventh longest in the nation right now, active streak. They haven't lost since August 29th of 2014 against that St. John, uh, team of, uh, Washington, Modern Day's won 19 games on the field, so it's not, you know, and obviously they're the reigning national champions. IMG, according to Max Preps, number one in the nation. Modern Day, according to Max Preps, number three. But they almost flip uh, in different polls. It can go a different way. Modern Day's number one in high school football America and Jeff Fisher's rankings. And uh, I'm sorry, Modern Day's number one and IMG's number five in, uh, in uh, high school football America. So, Scotty, what's your thoughts uh, on this game? Yeah, you know, we talked about it. This is the most anticipated game of the preseason. And uh, depending on whether you're a fan of the old school way, the new school way, or just adapted to change, you know, everyone's going to look at this game differently. Uh, You know, but if you're a fan of football, period, this was going to be a great one. Uh, You know, to set the table on this one, there's going to be a combined over 50 players with scholarship offers between the two teams. IMG comes into this with 24 seniors with offers. But surprisingly, they only have six juniors. Um, you know, MD's breakdown still spread out. You know, they got 13 seniors, seven juniors, four sophomores, and then the one freshman. 
Um, and then both teams, like I said, have pretty much dominated their competition. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, IMG, you know, was supposed to play the St. John's of uh, St. Um, Maryland this past week, um, but it, it was due to the, to the hurricane. It would have given IMG probably its first initial test because um, they've outscored teams 126 to 14 in their 3 and 0 record. And then, you know, it was noted uh, a few weeks ago, I, I, I gave out the, the scoop that IMG did drop a game unofficially in their scrimmage, 33-30 uh, to 30 to a Columbia of uh, Lake Florida, who, by the way, is actually 4-0, and they're the 13th-ranked uh, team in the state. And, right. But for some reason, they have them ranked 139 national. Hmm. So go ahead and take that for what it's worth, but... Um, you know, I know that all goes out the door from here on out. Um, you know, so, you know, here's the good breakdown I have, you know, you know, starting, um, with the offense, um, for IMG, uh, you know, their key offense are their running back tandem of Trey Sanders and Noah Kane. And these guys are dudes. Uh, Sanders comes in as the number one rated running back. Kane comes in as the number six rated back, both uncommitted. Um, and so far, the offense kind of has gone through them, you know, whether it be running or passing. IMG kind of utilizes these two backs like modern day uses Harper and Dollars. They split them out in the slot where they toss it out of the backfield. So, you know, if a defender um, doesn't get by the blockers or gets an arm tackle on these guys, they're gone. Um, so Sanders is their leading receiver as well. He only has six catches, two touchdowns. You know, don't get fooled by their stats. Um, they've only combined for 34 carries for 328 yards and four touchdowns, and that's because they score quick, and they also play on a short field, so the numbers get skewed. Um, you know, then they're aided by the massive offensive line, who averages 6'5", 301 pounds across the front, three to watch for seniors, 6'8", uh, 348-pound tackle, Evan Neal, 6'5", 325-pound guard, Devontae Lucas and 6'5", 260-pound center Charles Turner. Uncommitted Neal's a sixth-graded tackle. Lucas is the number five guard. He's committed to Florida State. Mm. Turner is committed to LSU. Um, you know, by far, their running backs and their O-lines are the strengths. You know, the rest of the offensive line starts a junior and a sophomore. Um, and then often on their wide receivers, their top threat is a familiar face. Oregon commit Josh Delgado, who is the former Bosco Green. Yeah. Uh, Delgado hasn't been hasn't been involved in the offense as much. He's only caught four balls for 43 yards, one rush for 28. Um, he does have a punt return for a score, I mean, a couple punt returns uh, for scores, but they've been called back. But their leading receiver is actually Michael Redding, who has five catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns, and Arkansas commit Shamar Nash rounds out the other receiver, uh, four receptions at 85 yards and two TDs. Um, you know, a quarterback is a familiar name. Former Upland quarterback David Baldwin hasn't had to throw much. He's 19 of 30 for 290, two touchdowns. He's completing 63%. You know, and again, their numbers are kind of skewed because IFG's also played a number of QBs in their games. But by Baldwin's by far their leader. Um, up to last week, Baldwin had not thrown more than nine games, nine game times in a game. Um, last week in their 35 win, 35-0 win over Liberty, he was eight of 13 
Um, and surprisingly, he is actually their leading rusher at 136 yards. Um, you know, those who recall Baldwin, um, he threw for 2,500 yards and 32 touchdowns and six picks, 64% last year for Upland. You know, he's mobile, dual-threat quarterback, but he's not a polished passer despite him being around that 60% mark. So it's going to be interesting to see if he, you know, has to throw more than they intended because he, um, he isn't, like I said, isn't as polished. So, and then defensively, they get after it pretty good, you know, and it starts with the number one defensive player in the country, Georgia commit, Nolan Smith. He's much like Brew McCoy. You have to know where he is on the field at all times. He disrupts and he makes most of his tackles one-on-one. He's got four and a half sacks, 23 tackles, eight and a half for loss. Um, the matchup with him is going to be huge, seeing he's probably going to be matched up with Miles Moreau or Ty Marks, depending on which side yeah. he goes on. Um the other key defenders are linebackers Jaquil Ray, who's a Florida State commit, Mikel Jones, and uh, Gunnar Frank. Ray is the number 12 overall linebacker. He's uncommitted. Jones is the number 18 linebacker. Uh, their front seven is going to be their strength. They rotate six guys on defensive line, um, but their key players are uh, junior Miami commit Trevon Diggs and Arkansas commit Eric Gregory. And their starting D-line isn't that big. Um, and I say that averaging 6'3.5", 255. Um, but they jump up significantly when they bring in 6'3", 300-pound Jordan Butler and 6'4", 380-pound Anton Walker. Um, you know, now if there is an area where they're, they're not as elite or as touted, it's going to be their secondary. I mean, they're all rated outside the top 300. Um, and their size is, you know, similar to most high school secondaries. Jaden Jade, uh, Curry's 5'11", 190. Chris Sheeran, 5'11", 177. Safety junior Ohio State commit, Lejean uh, Carrazos is 6'185". And then there's Britton Allen, who's 5'10", 186. Now, Allen is actually the highest-rated senior of the group at uh, 368. You know, he's the number 28 overall safety. Um, Carrados Rose comes in at 184 in their 220 class. Uh, I know these are just numbers, but it just kind of gives you an idea of, of the difference between all the other positions compared to their secondary. Um, and they do have solid special teams because their punter Aiden Swanson's a Clemson commit. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, wow. uh, Josh Delgado does their punt returns. So that's the breakdown on offensive defense. Um, I can give you the overall break one on this one, but I'll give you a few minutes to to uh, make any comments uh, for that, for this, Dan. Well, that, that is awesome. Uh, great uh, breakdown, Scotty. Man, it looks like uh, they are got some serious size on both sides of, of, of the ball. The lineman, the line in the trenches, that's going to be definitely a battle um, at the trenches. I'm, I'm sure you're probably going to cover that. You know, because modern day's got some, uh, you know, they bring a lot on that defensive line. I think, uh, you know, that they're better on their defensive line, perhaps in their offensive line, um, which has been... Uh, the modern day offensive line has got a lot of promise. They're a lot, they're young and inexperienced, but have come along. Um, but that's definitely going to be uh, interesting. And uh, the secondary, if if you know, I could see the IMG having some problems, just like everybody having problems with Brew McCoy, uh, Mike Martinez, the tight end UCLA commit for modern day, has had a breakout year. Definitely been featured more. And um, you know, any secondary. Uh, that faces modern day is going to have to think about Sean Dollars in the slot with a lot of speed 
and the ability to break tackles. Um, even even Jacoby uh, Harper coming out of the backfield. Um, so that, but that sounds like they are just loaded. Even when you start talking about the punter, uh, you know, com, you know, with uh, committed to Clemson, and then uh, throwing uh, former St. John Bosco's uh, standout, you know, merging player in uh, Delgado. So um, that, that's a lot, and, you know. But it's an interesting battle at quarterback. You know, I'm sure, um, you know, uh, for Bryce Young facing a, uh, you know, a, a SoCal, uh, ver, you know. Um, a agile quarterback and like uh, Baldwin, that's going to fire up Bryce Young to uh, definitely uh, to uh, represent. I, th- I mean, I think this game's got all the makings of a, you know, a very entertaining game. You got to see modern day and IMG, you know, play four four quarters, play all three facets. But how do you th- how do you see this thing uh, going, Scotty? Yeah. So the so my overall breakdown on this one, you know, is um, you know, can modern day contain you know, the IMG backs, you know, can they force Baldwin, you know, to win throwing? Um, will they be able to get after him? You know, and then on the other side, I see Bryce Young, he's going to have to make plays outside the pocket. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if they're going to be able to get a consistent run game going. Um, that's going to be key too to see how well they'll be able to do that. I'd, I'd be surprised if, if, you know, we get a you know, blowout on, on this one. Cause I mean, you never know, but, um, you know, I wouldn't, you know, would surprised if, uh, you know, either team, you know, would win this one. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's when you look at this, you know, when you also look at, you know, their, their offensive line, um, it kind of, you know, Rawlinson has also has mentioned that it kind of reminds him of those 90 poly teams where they just have these massive offensive, uh, linemen, you know, just loaded with size and speed. So, um, you know, and it, it's going to be very interesting um, to also see if, um, and I know we've also talked about this, is those those dumb penalties that with these over-aggressive teams, you know, because I know this time, you know, the teams, both teams are going to have to play smart because I know those are going to come back to hurt you. Um, but yeah. I, I think that, like they said, that, that the key is going to be, you know, it's always going to be in the trenches. Um, and I think that's, you know, you know, who wins the battle or who's been able to to um, come out on top in that? And um, but I, uh, I, I, I'm like I said, I'm looking for a good one either way. And like I said, either either team can win in you know like a 31-21 game, you know, within a 10-point swing either way. Yeah, I think that I think the the matchup probably the the one I would if I'm if I'm modern day the one I'm concerned about most is is my offensive line, the Monarchs' monarch offensive line against that IMG. Um, defense, uh, defensive front. Um, even mentioning, uh, you know, the, the reserves that they bring in with some serious size. But you know, uh, modern day, um, you know, they passed their test in the desert uh, with flying covers against uh, flying colors against Bishop Gorman. Um, you know, um, one other unit I think that might be a little bit under the radar in this game might be the modern day linebacker crew. Um, Pretty good, uh, pretty good unit. Um, has been playing really well. Maybe doesn't have the biggest names, but th- they've been flying around. And I think they, uh, you know, w- whatever push and double teams and surge that their defensive line has given them, they've definitely taken advantage of it. And I think they're going to have to be another uh, under the radar unit for modern day. I'd say you know O line for modern day has got to come up big, and same with uh, 
you know, the, uh, the modern day linebackers. Yeah. You know, them having to be able to get off blocks is going to be very interesting if they can, if they can utilize their speed, um, and, you know, be able to get off blocks and get after, uh, those backs and like i said they're going to have to tackle clean uh they're not going to be able to 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 just come in with a hat and just try to knock them down they're going to have to wrap and um and gang tackle as simple as that um they're going to have to utilize their their quickness and speed against their uh the huge size of uh, those offensive linemen um you know they've only like i said we'll see i mean i mean img hasn't played a lot of games and i don't think they've played many into the into the second half as well so that's going to also be key because i know you know that that either either as modern day but i think when he says they always come you know modern day prides himself on conditioning yeah um, prohaska um you know if it's close in the fourth quarter that's going to give always give them that that advantage um you know and and and, um yeah that's you know we'll have to look forward to that you know one other note um i know in the scrimmage um that earlier in the year they were also down 30 to 7 and then they actually rallied back uh to in the second half in that game and you know outscored columbia so img has that ability to to you know to score at will so that's another thing to keep in mind that if they uh, they do get out to a big you know big lead it, you know it's not over until it's actually over yeah so. Well, Scotty. So after that great analysis, man, can so do you have a winner? Have you can you pick a winner? Uh, you know, I'm leaning, you know, to Marbley, modern day, thirty-one, twenty-one. Uh, like I said, but I wouldn't be, you know, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if 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 you know if the IMG did win it. But at the same time, you know, I I think if modern day plays the way modern day can play, um, without making stupid mistakes and of course turnovers, um. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to 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 come out on top on this one. Yeah, well, I'm I'm also picking modern day, but I think it's going to be a barn burner of a game, um, going right down to the wire. I like I I, I like IMG's uh, capability um, to come back and all the playmakers they have out there. So I think it's going to be a great display, and I I would expect a big crowd at the bowl. And I know uh, I know we'll be uh, we'll be both there at that game on Friday. So. We'll definitely be able to bring back some uh, some color to the uh, the Tree League uh, football podcast from this one, Scotty. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I mean you know, hopefully it's uh, it's it is that TV game, so hopefully you know it doesn't take momentum away from you know from these you know drives. That's the one thing I don't like about the TV games on in high school. Um, but right. you know, it is what it is. But. Yeah, so, the timeouts you're talking about. Yeah, timeouts, yeah. The TV timeouts. And, you know, the, the last thing, you know, just bringing this back, you know, to the Trinity League, you know, Modern Day is going to come off this game. They're going to play Servite next week at the Bowl, um, which is a, a rivalry game. Uh, Modern Day shouldn't have any trouble getting up for that one. Servite's not going to have any trouble getting up for that one. Um, you know, Modern Day could be really upset after losing to IMG. They could be overconfident after beating IMG and, and now taking on a survey team coming off the loss. But what I wonder, Scotty, is do you think, I mean, does from what you described of IMG, and you did a great job of breaking it down, do they seem at all similar to St. John Bosco? Or is this just another beast that, you know, Marty's really not going to see another team like this all year? Um, it's very similar, but from a different position standpoint. Um 
I think, you know, with their backs and their offensive line and their linebackers, I think that's the difference that, that, that IMG has, you know, whereas I think Bosco, you have DJ, DJ. Um, you have their receivers, um, yeah. you have their, their secondary. Uh, yeah. So I think it's, yeah. a, you know, it, it's, it's very similar. You know, I know Bosco has their offensive line. They may not be as large, you know, but they're still, you know, they still may be strong. Uh, strong. Um, you know, and that just because they're not, you know, five-star, you know, recruits doesn't mean that, you know, that they're not, you know, because because sometimes you'll take that five, three-star football player who is a football player. He just doesn't have the uh, college size. Um, but it is similar, you know. I, I think I think you know. Anytime you have a quarterback as talented as DJ, that becomes that's very deadly. And right. I, you know, so I think you know, with IMG not having that, it's it's a little bit. It makes it a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say easier, but you can you'll be able to focus and key on 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 certain players um, when you don't have someone who can throw the ball consistently at seventy per seventy five percent. So. Well, that's going to be interesting because, you know, um, so you know, it, it just shows you the difficulty of the schedule where IMG and St. John Bosco are going to challenge modern day with something else. Um, that St. John Bosco game, by the way, is not until uh, modern day Bosco is not until October 12th. And that game is also back at St. Anna Stadium. But as Coach Rollinson said ba- back in the summer, he really looked at this this six game stretch now coming off the bye as such a, you know, huge uh, challenge, and he's going to find out a lot about his team right now. And um, this is where it's all going to start with IMG, Servite, Santa Margarita, and then Bosco. So this is that's that first four, and then they close, you know, Jay Sarah and Orange Lutheran. But you know, all eyes um, back at the bowl uh, this Friday. So I'm looking forward to seeing you at the stadium, uh, Scotty. As Coach Rollinson said, I'm sure we'll be rocking and rolling. Oh yeah, it will be Dan. You know, I think that excitement is uh, already starting, so uh, uh, it'll be a fun one. All right, Scotty. Well, hey, great job tonight, as always. This was a uh, an, an action packed, I mean, a, a information packed show, man. We we uh, really got into a deep stuff tonight, man. I appreciate all your efforts, and I will uh, see you Friday at the stadium. Sounds good, Dan. Looking forward to seeing you there. And thanks again to all our listeners here on the Trinity League Football Podcast. <laughs>